You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Starting to get that audience trained. They know 7.30 Mountain Time means it's time for some Broncos for Breakfast. And we got everybody in here, so welcome in. Like I said, 7.30, Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is Thursday. Gosh, I'm losing track of the, the days. Uh, it's been a, a string of busyness here. The only way I keep up with it is from it's because of Broncos for Breakfast. That, that That's really about it. If it weren't for Broncos for Breakfast, I wouldn't know what day it is. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's, uh, today's Thursday. It's got to be. I, the, the week's been too long for it not to be Thursday. Um, yeah, but like, you know, when you start talking about this stuff, you know, every day, it seems like it's been a month since the last football yeah. game. I know. Right. And uh, thank God um, that it's not the offseason anymore. Right. So we got new stuff to talk about. But there are some stuff that we want to I wouldn't say rehash, but just kind of different takes on it. So uh, let's get it going. Uh, first, let's say hello to everybody. The real Pepsi, the real Pepe Sylvia is in here. Um, <laughs> love me some Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you, Pepe. Uh, DBA, good morning, Broncos country. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope you're doing well, DBA. EGA, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Got US Dave saying Buenos Diaz. Uh, the Pooping Hippos in here. Good morning, guys. Dave Glassman, always great to see you, Dave. I mean, how, do, how do you get through the morning without the Pooping Hippo? You have to. You have to. We have, you have to be here. You have to. It's just, it, it can't be Broncos for breakfast without you. It always makes me think of uh, one of my favorite childhood movies, uh, Ace Ventura, Call of the Wild. Well, uh, when you. Movies. Yeah, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not to make you guess. I'm pretty sure I was in college when that came out. Yeah, that was a uh, that was one of my favorites. We'd watch that quite often. Um, DBA coming in saying, "I know a lot of teams have them, but injuries are stacking up are starting to worry me." I heard Tim Patrick pick up the hip injury in the Jags game. Yeah, Tim Patrick has a hip injury. Noah Fant still dealing with the ankle. Uh, Mike Purcell was held out with a knee injury. Uh, the Broncos are really pretty banged up already, which is unfortunate. Uh, they do have a better roster than they've had in a while. Uh, so the depth is at least getting a chance to flex itself. And maybe the reason we know we have depth is because the amount of injuries they had last season, right? Exactly. So it's like, you know, you have depth because you had to rely on it last year. So you actually have some comfort in knowing what you have. It's not complete unknowns. Um, but all oh, you do have some complete unknowns like Justin Strnod still, but still, yeah, it's, a uh, it is really starting to stack up. It's really annoying. And what makes it even more annoying is that the Kansas city chiefs, at least last I saw have had one player on IR all season. And I think it's Willie Gay. Uh, second round linebacker from a year ago. The Broncos already have like 12 or, you know, all these injuries. Yeah. So in order always- to make a run, you got to have some luck with injuries. I mean, that's just, that's just part of it. You got to be good, but you got to have a little luck too. No one, no one does it without just being a little lucky, except maybe, you know, when you do it seven times, then you're probably just pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we got Greg Smith <laughs> saying good morning, fellas. Good to see you, Greg. CC saying morning. All great to see you, CC as well. We got uh, Augustine. Sinus Broncos for life. What's up, Broncos America? Well, good to see you. Um, DBA saying appreciate you, Nick and Scott. We appreciate you, Victor Rios in the house. Good morning, and Shane Daniels. Shane, I think got the uh, the new picture going on here. Good to see you, Shane. Um, uh, morning, or or if he maybe he's typically on YouTube and commenting now on Facebook. Either way, new picture. Uh, morning, Nick and Scott. What is your opinion on the biggest thing Broncos need to fix this upcoming game? Um, let's take this and run with it for a second before we even get to the uh, the, actually let's get to the credits. We're already three minutes in real quick. uh, Shane, we're going to be right back to you, buddy. Um, Obviously Nick and Scott here. I don't know why our names, our Twitter handles handles aren't showing, but uh, you can follow both of us on Twitter, Scott at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall, M H H while you guys are over there, follow us at huddle up pod as well as at mile high huddle. Uh, Make sure you guys go to facebook.com. Also, if you're following us, uh, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle or facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod actually forget the or and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod join us both those spots and uh you know that would be great Uh, you can join the conversation there and uh at at me on at me on there i'm not sure if scott is on there but he probably is maybe he's not as much of a facebook guy but at me on there if you want anything that you know rings your bell on here or you disagree with say nick you made this point earlier you're a dumbass you know just just come at me I'm, i'm fine i'm here for that conversation um and also make sure you're following us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, and share uh, by doing so. And also go over to Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, make sure you guys are getting in your stars and your super chats. Uh, top five super chat givers on YouTube and anybody with 500 plus uh, stars get a chance to win a Justin Simmons jersey. And that's coming up here soon. So uh, get those stars and uh, super chats in so you get a chance to win that Justin Simmons jersey. Pro football focus ranking him bad in the last game. Be damned. He's still a good player. I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but yeah, back to Shane's question here. Um, it's right here. Uh, thank you very much for the stars, Shane. We appreciate you uh, a heck of a lot. 
Um, what is your opinion on the biggest thing the Broncos need to fix this upcoming game? Uh, Scott, I'll pump this to you first because I got some opinions, but I've been rambling here for a second. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. <laughs> take a break. Take a break. Rest your vocal cords a little bit. Um, fix is a strong word for me that implies something is broken. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything is broken with this team, not the way they've dominated the first two games. What would I like to see improvement from? What's the thing that I think will make this team better the fastest with some improvement is the interior offensive line. Uh, Dalton Reisner, uh, Cushenberry, uh, Muti, Glasgow coming back, and, and having those three gel – um, I think will be the biggest, fastest way to see some improvement in this team. However, as we've said before, especially in the in the last podcast, the Broncos have been facing stacked boxes. These teams are saying, we don't know if Teddy Bridgewater can beat us. We don't know if this receiver core can beat us. We're going to make sure that you don't beat us with the run game. So they have sold out to stop the run, and Teddy has killed them. Teddy in this passing game has killed teams, yeah. the, the first two teams. Watching the Jets, and we can get into them a little bit, I, th I think there's going to be a lot more room to run based on how they play their defense unless they change their scheme up. And just based on schemes and opposition, I think we're going to see a lot of improvement from the interior offensive line this weekend. Yeah, um, I agree with you completely with the interior offensive line. I'll give a different take. Uh, but first, the interior offensive line, I think another thing that will help the Broncos in this game is that um, because the Broncos are at home, you're going to see Teddy be able to use his big old brain and audible to better run looks uh, better than being on the road at the Jets, the Jags, because they'll have the home fans, right? You know, offense at work, everybody be quiet. So <laughs> there's going to be a little bit of chance for the pre-snap uh, changing uh, of what the play call is and what the design is going to look like. And and some of that will just come with uh, being more comfortable in the system, you know, yep. as just being able to make calls and know who does what and, and just knowing your team. You learn something as a player and a coach and a, and a quarterback is kind of both mm -hmm. every game. Every game you learn something new about your team. You know, who you can count on at what time, who's going to be able to get to that block when I if I if I audible to a pull, is he going to be able to crack down? Is he going to be able to pull across? All those type of things you learn uh, as you get more experience with the team. And the good thing is, is is Teddy Bridgewater has come out so well, but he he can get better. I don't know if the results will necessarily get better because he's playing out of his mind passing the game, yeah. but other aspects of the game, particularly the running game, like Nick said with the audibles, can improve for sure. Yeah, a little bit of a nuanced take here. His statistics can be slightly worse, but he could actually be playing better football. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean? I How's don't that know. for hedging your yeah. bets? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the interior offensive line is a great one. It's not only the run blocking, off, uh, though, for me. It's the pass blocking, too. Uh, Teddy's been one of the more pressured quarterbacks out of two weeks. Uh, he's been amazing under pressure. Unfortunately, historically speaking, that's not a sustainable model. Um, those tend to regress. And right now, Teddy's playing way over his head, uh, given the what we know about quarterbacks under pressure. So that's going to need to be cleaned up as well. Um, for me, biggest thing the Broncos need to fix in this upcoming game, um, just pressure coming from people that's name is not Von Miller. Uh, that's probably the biggest one. Von Miller's killing it out there. Uh, he's your alpha. And if you have a guy like that, then that can, you know, this, as I like to say, the straw that serves the drink uh, for the entire defense, not only just the front, but Draymond Jones, where was he week two? He was amazing week one. Didn't really stand out week two. Uh, Shelby Harris has been big against the run, but you need to see more in the past considering what you're paying him. And do you want to say something? Now, my mind's eye is telling me that Draymond Jones has come from the left and the right side. Are they rotating him or am I just remembering incorrectly? I think there are some snaps of him over the left guard, but mostly I, I remember seeing him over the right guard next to Von Miller. Yeah, next to Von, because it seemed yep. to me like he was having success. And like I said, it's been a couple of weeks and I've watched a lot of football since then. 
Uh, I just mm-hmm. seem to remember him coming off the right side um, in the first game against. Uh, already forgotten. Who'd you play week one? The Giants. The Giants. Yeah. The Giants. Yeah. Um, and which is interesting to me because the best offensive lineman on the Jets is a rookie, and he plays yeah. left guard. So you can't really switch him over to the other side, but that means their strength isn't going against the weaker part of the Jets offensive line is going to be going against the strength of the Broncos front. Um, I wouldn't expect to see such a big game from uh, maybe Shelly Harris over on the other side or or someone coming in on that edge, just because Elijah Vera Tucker is freaking good already. He's really good. He's the Jets best. OL as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, especially with Mekhi Becton being out. Um, it is a homecoming for the Jet Center as well. Connor McGovern gave the Broncos four good years and uh, then went off and got paid. So, you know, Broncos have let centers walk recently, and that's fine. It's unfortunate that uh, Cushenberry has not been that great, but um, he's still young. Um, we're still hopefully, and he's also really cheap. So if he's gonna, if you're gonna be below average, at least be on a rookie contract, and uh, that's what we're seeing. Um, but yeah, pass rush. That's one you need to be. We need to get after the quarterback a little bit better outside of Von Miller. Um, and uh, we got Sebastian in here uh, saying, do you consider maybe franchise tagging Bradley Chubb and maybe extending Cortland Sutton? And this is a uh, this is a great transition to one of the topics I wanted to get to today, which is Bradley Chubb and the future of him on this team. Um, obviously, he has dealt with a number of injuries. I think he's missed like 23 games in the last three years, which is not what you want from a top five pick. Uh, and uh, while he's been out there, he's been good, but he hasn't been, you know, this game altering, you know, you're not going to confuse him for Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Von Miller type of edge rusher. Um, so now the Broncos are in an interesting situation uh, with him being injured again and Von Miller playing out of his mind uh, that where, what are they going to do with uh, Bradley Chubb? What does this mean for Bradley Chubb's future on this team? Obviously he used a fifth overall pick on him. He's a talented player when he's out there um, and he plays one of the most important positions, but if he hits the open market, even with the injuries, he's getting a big payday because of the Pro Bowl, 13 and a half sacks, I think, his rookie year off the top of my head, um, and um, a two-way player, also, or not a two-way player, but a pass and run, very good against both. So um, what do you think here? It's really putting the Broncos in a interesting situation because you don't really have the data that you want on him. He has a lot of injuries, uh, but he's going to get paid by somebody. Well, for some reason, I completely forgot about the option of the franchise tag. And this was exactly how you answered my question as we were going through these scenarios uh, on building the Broncos on Tuesday night. Bradley Chubb has an injury history. Okay, you know that going in, but he's got one more year on his contract. This isn't this isn't the decision year for him. You've got him next year. You've already exercised that option. He could if he goes 16, 17 games healthy and has a productive season. What do you do? Do you, you know, do you, do you take the risk of, you know, you know, you've got that injury history. Do you take that risk and give him a big long contract? And and Nick said it right away. He said, you franchise tag him. I'm like, yes, absolutely. So Sebastian, I think that if he has, it's in his hands, you know, if he stays healthy, it's in his hands to go out there and play a, have a big season next year. And I think absolutely that is the right answer. I would franchise him until he proves that he could be healthy two years in a row. And then maybe coming off of that, maybe I give him the the big contract. But uh, I, I think the franchise tag is absolutely the right move for someone like Bradley Chubb if he comes back and has a big 2022. You know, that's uh, absolutely correct, um, in my opinion as well. There is a chance, I guess, if you have uh, Bradley Chubb um, being franchise that he could hold out, especially if he has a good 20 rest of 2021, right? They're saying he should come back close to hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, he could play great down the stretch and then have a great right. 2022 season. But even and then, you know, the injuries, I, when you've gotten yeah. him under control next year and the franchise tag in your pocket, I don't see any reason to give him a four year contract, you know, 60 million guaranteed somewhere in those, in that range until he proves that he can stay healthy for a longer duration than he has. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Um, we'll get back to this Bradley Chubb conversation in a second. I don't want to lose too many people um, in the chat here. We got Chris Beeston. Morning, everyone. Good to see you, Chris. Uh, we got Dom uh, in the house. Good morning, fellas. Can't wait till Sunday. It's my birthday. Happy birthday, Dom. Uh, Broncos for life. Uh, let us know how old you're turning. Maybe we'll sing happy birthday for you. Maybe Scott will sing. I don't know. He's got some pipes. Uh, Paul and Sloth <laughs> coming in here saying good morning, Broncos country. It's been a few weeks. It has been uh, since I caught you guys live, and I'm happy we to know. be here. It's, it's a whole zoo in here today. We've got the hippo and the sloth. It's happy days. Happy days today. Yeah, I, I do love Thursday. sloths. 
I, I'm not a big fan of hippos. Hippos actually scare the living heck out of me. If you've ever seen a video of a hippo in the wild, no, you should. I've, no I mean, I've heard several times that that's the answer. I don't know if I believe it or not, but that's the answer to what animal kills the most people in the world year round is the, the hippopotamus. I'd still go with something like, you know, mosquito or bees, mosquito. you know, if people have an allergic reaction or something, yeah. but uh, you know, they look all soft and puddly and cuddly, cuddly and stuff, but the, the hippos, they're, they're legit. <laughs> <laughs> they can absolutely haul their their water tanks. Water. Yes, they are. Oh my god, so scary. <laughs> Dave Glassman coming in double dip. Uh, we got Miguel's in the house. Good morning, gents. I think how we play against Ravens and Steelers will tell us where we stand with the rest of the league. Um, right, it's a two game sample size right now. You don't want to get too high on that. Uh, we saw. I mean, I don't know. Scott probably wasn't paying attention back then, but I think it was the uh, 2009 Broncos. Uh, that started off six and zero with Kyle Orton, and then ended up missing the playoffs because uh, they went like two and uh, eight the rest of the way. So you can only play who's in front of you, right? But uh, one game at a time. Broncos' next big thing is getting three and zero. Then we can talk. Um, but you're right; we'll figure out more about this team as we play more opponents and yeah. get a better idea. I don't think anybody needs to be booking tickets to the Super Bowl just yet, but yeah. it's okay to be excited with what you've seen so far. You know, it, it's it's okay. You're you're allowed. You're allowed to have some optimism. Um, yeah. Because like we said, all the questions that we had coming in that we pondered for five months before the season have all been answered, except mm -hmm. the one negative answer we've gotten so far is the injuries. Yeah. So it hasn't been devastating yet because we're dipping into that depth. We're going to find out about Michael Stranod. Uh, you know, can, can he fill that role? I think he probably can. How about Micah Kaiser? That's not a bad replacement that the Broncos just no. picked up. Um, you know, so there, there is depth there. And one of the nice things about it is when you've got a general, a general manager in office that has left you plenty of room under the cap, you can make an emergency move like that and go maybe overspend for a guy that this is the most money he's, he's made uh base salary to Kaiser we'll yeah. go drop 800,000 on a practice squad player because he's good. Um, you've got that flexibility in season to do that. So, uh, I I'm, Still, encourage, you haven't had that one where you just, you know, they, you feel bad for Jewel um, that he's out for the yeah. year, but he's fairly replaceable in this defense. So, you know, mm -hmm. let's uh, let's count our lucky stars that hopefully the injury bug is going to fly away this fall. Yeah, so far they've been hitting the Broncos pretty hard, but, uh, you know, that's sometimes you have bad luck with that. I'm not going to be blaming uh, Lundau, uh with the training staff because a lot of this is you know joint kind of stuff so far so it is what it is uh Mike 556 coming in saying Draymond needs to step up he looked terrible in the Jags game I don't know if he looked terrible but like you're counting on him to be one of your best players and he was not um Javonta Williams is a savage at pass blocking yeah running backs out there young kids if you want to see the field early guess what pass block you're gonna get you some block. reps if you can pass block mm -hmm. um and he has looked great with that um and people are like oh why did the Broncos let Philip Lindsay go when Philip Lindsay was out there you knew it was either going to be a run or you were trying to target him in the backfield because he would just get absolutely destroyed <laughs> as a uh, pass blocker. I mean, he'd bust his heart, right? Like just a small guy, but he would get engulfed and get blown back. Not a case, not the case with Javonta Williams. And with how much, uh, how much like five, uh, how much, uh, how do I put this? How much Shermer likes to not use the tight end to block as well and keep a running back back to chip. Um, Javonta Williams is a great fit uh, for this team. So he's going to keep seeing the field. Um, Maybe he'll even take over Gordon this week uh, with how efficient he looked compared to Gordon. But Gordon's got more of the home run for threat, so we'll see. Poopy and Hippo back in here saying, uh, with all the injuries, what would be the top priority in the draft? We'll get into that in a second. Uh, Joseph T. Fisher, good morning. Good to see you, Joseph. Tony's in the house, too. Good morning, guys. Are we going to get to see you at the game Sunday? Uh, not me. Um, I have a really close friend of mine who's going to be in town who's dealing with some life stuff right now, um, and I haven't seen him in a bit, so i uh, going to hang out with him um, and take advantage of that. But uh, I know a lot of the MHH guys are going to be in town this week. So you guys should definitely check it out and uh, join them. Yeah. Chad was saying yesterday that his DMS are just blowing up with everybody that's going to be there. So it should be a great time. I unfortunately will not be there uh, maybe next year, or if we do it later in the season next year, I haven't been on an airplane in almost two years, <laughs> uh, you know, since January of 2020 um, before everything hit, I haven't, it's it's crazy. I was you know yeah. Delta Platinum for like ten straight years with all the traveling and scouting I did. So I, I got to get out to Denver and then you know maybe sneak up to Breckenridge or something like that. Estes Park is my place. It's my unless you're a skier. There's not much skiing there, but uh, good good. Yeah, I was uh, I was uh, I didn't start skiing until I was thirty, 
and uh, I was I started at uh, Park City, which was a nice place. So you know, people said once you start skiing West Coast, you're spoiled. Well, I was living in California for ten years. West Coast wasn't so hard to get to. No. So yeah, no. uh, I'm not going to be there this week. I'm actually might even miss my son's soccer game this week. He's playing in Alabama, so mm. going to stay with my daughter and take her to softball. So weekends for me are a lot of kids' sports. I bet. Uh, Albert Knopper is in here saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you, Albert. Um, we got Ken Booker in the house. Good morning. Of all the players replacing injured stars, who has the best chance to keep the job? Um, who has the best chance to keep the job? I'm going to go with, this is kind of a cheating answer, but it's probably Stranod, and it's not because Jewel is bad. It's because Jewel's a free agent at the end of the year, and they have been hyping up Stranod as a starter. Now, maybe it's possible that you see a Stranod-Alexander-Johnson combo this year, and then it's Stranod plus who knows. Uh, after that, it could be bringing back Josie Jewel and letting Alexander-Johnson walk. Uh, Alexander Johnson to, to me is not, he's not on thin ice, but as far as like what he's going to get on the open market versus what I'd be willing to pay him might be some discrepancy there. Uh, but it's probably Stranod. Um, this team has been building towards him being a starter on his rookie contract since they drafted him even. Well, and how about Patrick Sertan? You know, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah you know, I mean, he, he didn't start as a starter. We kind of considered him a starter. So speaking of cheating, yeah. I, I might go that direction, but, and I, I want to change one word in that question instead of keeping the job, uh, keeping a job because mm -hmm. in the starting lineup, because Sertan might move someone else out of the starting lineup. They, it, it's because it's Dar He's in for Darby right now, correct? I've, I've got all, the, all these mm -hmm. theories that have come out. It's Darby's the one that, that is, is out this week, correct? Yep. Darby's out for yeah, at least I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting them all confused because there's been so many of them. And that one was like a week ago. So yeah. there's been like 10 injuries since then, but uh, you know, he's coming in as, as as a starter, you're not going to keep Darby out of the lineup for when he, when he's healthy. He's going to be a starter too, but that doesn't mean that Sertan has to come back out. So yeah. I, I think Sertan is is definitely there. Um, Muti could be a starter in this league. If we start looking next year, um, are you getting value for Graham Glasgow? Um, I think he's the highest the highest salary cap guy on the Broncos right now as a guard. Uh, if you're going to be the highest salary cap guy as a guard on a team, you you better be all pro. I don't think we we believe that Glasgow is right there. So um, when you start looking at where I can save money to spend somewhere else, I circle that position right there where he is. And then uh, you mentioned Alexander Johnson as well. He's 19th right now. So he's not overly expensive. He's 19th at about three and a half million. Um, how much more would he get? That, that's I think it's probably going to be about right. But can you – and at three and a half million, I think you, you probably bring him back. But yeah. – you don't have to, you know, is he, is he the 19th best inside linebacker or better? You know, that might be about right. If you consider everybody's carrying, carrying two guys, not everybody's playing a three, four and is going to start two, but is he top third in the NFL right now as an inside linebacker? It's close. It's about yeah. right. So yeah. three and a half million for him seems about fair. If someone decides to get crazy and over and overspend on that, then you, you wave goodbye. You say, thank you. Yeah, you can find, um, I know that we kind of maybe differed early on uh, with the value of the linebacker. Obviously, if you have a, you know, a transcendent player, it doesn't really matter the position. Maybe if they're a kicker, you're not drafting them in the top 10 kind of thing. But I think it was Wade Phillips who said that uh, there was some colorful language in there. But that linebacker, you know, you can pretty much pick somebody up off the street and I can figure out how to use them uh, at the position. Now, obviously. Yeah, and and for me, it's the, it's the difference maker. You know, yeah. do you take... If you can get a guy like Micah Parsons in there, and remember, I grew up in the days of Lawrence Taylor and Mike Singletary, you know, these type of guys where, you know, Brian Erlacher, you know, that mm -hmm. they were just flat, that they dictated a game from that position. And if you've got a chance to get a guy like that, then you take that chance. It doesn't matter if he's an inside linebacker, those guys, or, or an outside linebacker, those guys change games. So mm -hmm. for me, it wasn't necessarily the value of the position because I agree with you. I agree with you about the position on the whole, but if you can get a game changer, then it really doesn't matter what position because you can change the game from any position on the field. And if you can get a game changer, then, then, then get him, take him. Yeah. It just, uh, it adds a little bit more risk to the draft pick, you mm -hmm. know, like Quentin Nelson being drafted top six or top five. Like he has to be multi-time all pro on the way to the hall of fame to justify mm -hmm. that. It looks like that's the case. Um, so that's, that's <laughs> worth it. But like, if he's, you know, just a good guard, it's like, well, even though he's good, you probably missed on the pick. Um, so it just adds risk. Uh, and, Travis and Weber, I, I had that discussion yesterday talking about one of your upcoming opponents um, with Chris Lindstrom versus Elijah Vera Tucker. Elijah Vera Tucker 
is who I think the Falcons were hoping to get with Chris Lindstrom at one of the guard positions. You're gonna tr- you're gonna pass up a guy to take a take a, a use a pick on a guard in the teens or even trade up to get him. Then if, if you want it to look like Elijah Vera Tucker, that, that's what you want to get. If you're gonna overspend, make sure you hit. Yep, absolutely. Travis Weber. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you, Travis. DBA saying I thought Vera Tucker was a tackle. Um, he played tackle for USC last year. I mean, he was actually a guard the year before that, um, and people were very high on his ability to do both. Um, but right now he's playing guard. Honestly, he could play tackle if there are injuries there. Maybe the Jets at some point will move into right tackle, but he looks so good at left guard that maybe they don't mess with it. Uh, but Not played, a rookie. Yeah, yeah. He, if he's got, if you've got a rookie and you found a comfort spot where he's playing at that level, don't change it. Don't yeah. just leave him be. Yep. So a very Tucker at left guard uh, for the Jets. Uh, DeHine is in the house. Good to see you. Hasn't been, it's been a bit. Uh, morning, folks. Good to see you. Um, CC saying he filled in a tackle because he's that good, but he's naturally a guard. Yep. So uh, there you go. We got Mo Ron saying trade Chubb to the first team that offers a second rounder. Um, there'd be a lot of teams, even in his injury history, given his contract right now, uh, that would trade a second rounder for Bradley Chubb. Um, it's hard to get great edge rushers. There are a lot of good edge rushers out there, but not many teams. You want to have two um, to get after it. So um, that's... Uh, Nobody's Broncos aren't going to give him up for a second round pick. Um, Cobra commander saying, uh, what are the chances of Bron- Peyton and Elway buying the Broncos? You are asking the wrong guy. Unfortunately, I'm not sure exactly what the chances are of that. It seems like it's a lot of uh, filler as far as like, Oh yeah, well this is, this makes you guys more. Okay. Uh, the Broncos fans in general of the team moving on from the Bolin name. Um, that's my, I guess, uh, what is it? Uh, the aluminum fo- tinfoil hat uh, theory on that. Um, but uh I don't think that's probably not. It's probably not going to turn out that way. This Unless you have Michael Johnson. Night, and I wanted to do some just basic math for you. Say, so, well, you know, John Elway's net worth is reportedly 150 million. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the Broncos worth is right about 4 billion. And yeah. we hear billionaire so often that we kind of take it for granted. Mm-hmm. 150 million is 3.75% of 4 billion. That's not even a down payment on a house. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, so he might be the face of an ownership group, but he's he's not playing in that billionaire boys club pool that that he needs to be in order to be a serious con- contender for ownership. Yeah. He could be the face of it. He could be the day-to-day operations of it, and that's possible, but he's not going to be the money. Yep. Yeah, He uh, Michael Johnson with the Lakers, right? Like he's the face doing a lot of stuff there, but there's a big uh, investment firm behind him in the Lakers ownership. So um, that's probably the model. Uh, Mo Ron coming in here saying death by tight end is coming. Um, <laughs> Mo, I got unfortunate news for you. Death by tight end was probably coming no matter what, uh, given how talented Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller are. Uh, but uh, you just hope that you keep him in front of you, right? It's, it's you don't want to give them the open field off to the races, uh, you know, throw a bread in the open field. Look, but that's when you get killed. But Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey, it's going to be issues no matter no matter what. Unless you have a Derwin James on your team, uh, which I guess if the Broncos are healthy with their defensive backs, with Darby back, maybe you'll see Sertan matching up with those guys. So maybe you have your own kind of Derwin James there. But um, yeah, it's going to be rough. Michael coming in with the stars. Thank you so much, Michael. I saw you coming in earlier. Uh, Scott gave me the heads up, but uh, we were trying to catch up on the comments. Um, good morning, Nick and Scott from Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Go you, Michael. So consistent. We love you. Uh, thank you so much for getting at Bro- us. Yeah. Michael's number one. Number one. He's up to number one. So when uh, when I don't, we don't have access to to show you the the top five on Facebook stars. Uh, but Michael sitting in the number one position, sitting in the pole position. So. Uh, hey. Don't That's a testament to how much you mean to us, Michael. Uh, appreciate you coming in here and being part of every show because I've been working the back end on the night shows six or seven days a week and then doing this one. So the only person that's here more than me is you. And thank you very much for that. Yeah, no, thank you so much. That means a heck of a lot to us. We also got Malcolm Brown coming in saying, uh, who two Broncos would be better off as Jets? Um, what two Broncos would make the Jets a better team? I mean, there's a lot of them. Broncos could use Bron- – uh, they could use Von Miller, of course. Um, their, def- their, uh, their pass rush outside of Quinnen Williams and Jonathan Myers-Franklin is not very good. Um, their secondary is years away from being good, so they could really use a Patrick Sertan. Uh, that's a team that is very much on uh, Derek Stingley, Kareem Elam, uh, Andrew Booth. Watch us, uh, three of the top corners. Uh, Trent McDuffie, another one in next year's draft class. Um, and Basala, they're going to need some cornerback. Uh, length as well. So Sertan would probably be an amazing one there as well. Although all those guys are great on the Broncos. So maybe 
somebody that the Broncos wouldn't need that the Jets could use. No, no, no. It's not that I don't look at the question like that. Maybe, no. maybe it is Malcolm, but I started thinking if I'm the Jets and I can pick two for this season only for this season only, and I can pick two guys who's going to make my team better right now. Yeah. And for me, it's Garrett Bowles at tackle. And then, uh, well, actually, it'd be Teddy Bridgewater because Zach Wilson is a long way away. Yeah. Um, but then, but my first thought were Vaughn Miller because you can get to the quarterback, your defense becomes instantly better, and and Garrett Bowles because they need they need some more help on the offensive line. Yep, yep. Uh, those are two good ones. Uh, Mackay Becton's incredible, but Mackay Becton played left tackle and right tackle, so uh, you could move him around if you want to. And uh, doesn't I don't give a hoot. Uh, if your best tackle is a right tackle or left tackle, you need two good ones. So um, Nathan coming in here with the stars saying, good morning, guys. I used to be, a, uh, I used to think that Tom McMahon was a genius from his time in Indy when everyone feared them on special teams, especially when they were doing onside kicks like crazy. I guess that success was more due to them having the goat kicker and PFF puncher of the decade. Uh, Pat McAfee, big, big, funny guy. I love Pat McAfee. Um, and also he said, uh, when you notice your typos in your comments, when it's on the screen, Nathan, it's okay. Uh, coffee is just getting in your blood system. So you we'll give you a pass there. Um, Tom McMahon on the hot seat. Um, Broncos probably didn't, uh, replace their special teams coach this year because the whole unit, uh, the whole coaching staff was on hot water. So what special teams coach of any quality is going to want to come in and know that they only have one season to maybe get it figured out. But, uh, Units got to be better, right? The Broncos aren't operating with a high-powered enough offense where their special teams can do what they did this last Sunday and win enough games. So uh, definitely not a genius, Tom McMahon. I don't know why he's been here as long as he has been, um, but uh, they're going to have to figure it out. And also with the depth this team has focused on, uh, the way that uh, George Payton has attacked the back end of the roster with like a lot of draft picks and trading for special teams, guys, like no excuses, be better. And I, Obviously, Brandon McManus is great. Sam Martin's fine, but it's the it's the coverage units. They've been they've been bad for five years, and uh, got to get that figured out. Nathan, what's the what's the phrase? It's not the X's and the O's; it's the Jimmy's and the Joes. Yeah. So, have you ever noticed how the more a coach talks about himself, the stupider he ends up looking? And I'm not mm-hmm. saying he is, but my point is, is you're right. It's you, you got to have the right players yep. uh, in, in the right position. That's part of your job is to set up your players for success, they still have to make plays. So um, if he was great in one place and stinks in the next, um, I coached two youth soccer teams in the same year. One of them was 10 and 0, one of them was 0 and 10 in the same fall. Like it's not the coach, it was a totally different player. So from personal experience, but that's a, it's a saying for a reason. You, You gotta have the right guys. And then it's your job as a coach to put them in a position to succeed. Yep. No, 100%. Uh, we got Peter coming in with stars here also saying, so Crockett signed for special teams, presumably. We've got five running backs basically through when Boone comes back, unless, of course, he's replaces Crockett, which, yes, that's what it is. Um, but it's interesting that, though, when we've got two good running backs, uh, it's about special teams for Crockett. Uh, he's a good special teams player, um, and uh, they need that out there, obviously. Probably going to do some rotation there and put some guys on hot seats with the special teams rotation, given how bad that uh, busted uh, kickoff coverage was. Um, and uh, Crockett probably right back down to the practice squad as soon as Mike Boone's healthy. Um, yeah. really, it's you're looking for guys who can play special teams outside of Gordon and Williams. Yeah, what what is it? A 16 man practice squad? That sounds right. Something crazy. Yeah, 16. It's, it's, it's so if you're going 53 active and 16, you can carry those guys because it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're going to carry them on the active roster. You may only have three running backs on the active roster on game day. Yep, absolutely right. Um, so shifting back here to uh, Bradley Chubb, the conversation here, because it is interesting to me. So Bradley Chubb, you do have a lot of people like, oh, trade him. Uh, he's a bust, blah, blah, blah. It's unfortunate when he's been healthy. Um, he's been great. Uh, well, good. Maybe not great, but the, that like B plus, A minus level um, compared to great edge rushers, um, which is, you know, you want that. But unfortunately, he has been injured a lot. Um, he also was injured his senior year of high school, uh, tore an ACL, I believe. It was ACL mm-hmm. or Achilles. Um, so he's had a lot of injuries and the Broncos are in a weird position because you have Von Miller, a free agent at the end of the year. Von Miller looks like the Von Miller of old. You have Malik Reed, who now is going to get another chance to show out for this team. He was the team's leading sacker last year. I think that Malik Reed is a fine starter. He's not a difference maker as a starter, but you know, if you can use him and as long as your interior and your other edge rusher are also very good or better, um, he's, he's fine. Um, and, uh, you also have, uh, some young guys behind him as well. So, Bradley Chubb, um, I think the option is 
the fifth year, just letting it play out and then maybe franchise, you know, taking it year by year, figuring out if he can be healthy, if he can be good. But does this change your approach to Von Miller in the offseason as well? Obviously, we want to see Von play healthy, be good, but uh, Von looks incredible so far with Chubb's injuries. I mean, it, this may be opening a door for Von Miller. Well, and, and my my concern on this is when people say we want to trade this guy, they usually start off it's similar like this. And Matt, you were actually pretty nice about it. It's like this guy sucks. He's overpaid. He's always hurt. We got to trade him. Well, that's not much of a sales job, is it? No. <laughs> you know who, who's going to want my always hurt, overpaid, underperforming guy? What are you going to get for him? And you're on the hook for the money anyway. So you're going to have to kick in some cash if you're going to move a guy like that. Anyhow, it's like you know, what, what's the best bargain in the Denver Broncos right now? Teddy Bridgewater, Carolina's paying him to play for you. Yeah, you know that's that that's what happens when you, you start having that type of player, and 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 you don't. I don't think you're willing to give up on Chubb for the return until he's healthy. And that's why the franchise tag could be so valuable for mm-hmm. for the Denver Broncos with Bradley Chubb. Make him prove it next year, and then make him prove it again. You're going to play on a contract year two years in a row. You want to find out the best of Bradley Chubb. That's how you're going to find out. Yeah, there is a. Uh a chance that he would hold out. Like if he plays great down the stretch and plays great, his fifth year option, um, given his injury history, you know, like pay me or, or trade me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. He has to play well, uh, good enough to where he can have that power um, well, and show he's healthy before that. Well, happens. The, the other part of it is, is, you know, you get one franchise tag. If he plays, what's he on? He'll be on about 12 next year. That mm-hmm. would be 15 the next year. Yeah. My motivation might go down a little bit with $30 million in there. You know, if, if that's the question, you put $30 million in my bank, I might not feel quite as motivated to try and go out and get a, a four-year contract. I'm good. <laughs> no. I've made enough. That's that's the only concern about the franchise tag. Again, like Nick's saying, if, if he wanted to go and you you hold him back, you know, is he motivated enough? And I'm not just – I'm talking about any player, not just not just Bradley Chubb, the concern about any player like this. Is he motivated enough to go out and try and earn that next contract when you just paid him eight figures for one year of, of playing? That's more money than he'll ever need in his life. Yep. No, absolutely. You're correct with that one. Um, we got uh, John D. Herrera's in the house. Good to see you. Jumped in the video five minutes late, but good morning to you guys. Good morning to you, John. Ernie Mays is in the house also. Good morning. Uh, Char Baldwin, good morning to you as well with her with her coffee going on there with the coffee. Good to see you. Also got Twitch coming in. Um, hello. Like that's Stone Cold Tim. I uh, I read I read I read dyslexic, so that's that's Stone Cold Tim. I'll help you out with that one, so you don't try and go stenicolitidium. Yeah, no, <laughs> he has one two vowels in there. There's not enough vowels. I need to buy a few vowels. Um, hello from rainy Virginia. What's up, Nick and Scott in Broncos country? It's good. To so see that's you. where my rain went uh, to Tim. It went up there because it rained here for about four straight days. I was starting to feel like I was in Seattle, and now it dropped into the fifties here. So fall came early for us down south. So, Fall did come uh, early. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's headed your way. Um, it's, uh, it, it had been raining here for about four straight days. Yeah, we definitely have had more rain here. It's a little unfortunate because it's uh, dipping into, it's like only falling on the weekends, which are good hiking time this time of year. Um, but uh, it means I guess can stay in and watch some football. So not the worst. Um, but Von Miller, um, does Bradley Chubb's injury impact that at all? Are you approaching Von no matter what? I mean, he's playing lights out. Obviously, we want to see some more of him. But if he shows another four to six games of the level he showed the first two games I'm approaching with a contract saying like, Hey man, we love you. And he might hold off because the Broncos have been so bad, right? He wants to see what happens with the quarterback position and whatnot before he commits. Um, but uh, I, I've been skeptical of on the age, the injuries, everything like that move uh, having to pay Chubb, but the way he's playing with Chubb's injuries. I mean, like I can't, I cannot get behind, you know, advocating for anything other than you have to bring this guy back. So I'm going to answer that question two ways, as you posted. I'm going to finish the same way you just did. We're going to come to the same conclusion. Does it affect uh, Von Miller? Yes and no. And I'll start with no first. No, it doesn't affect Von Miller because you need to go offer this guy a contract. You you need to approach him anyway. The way he's playing, what he means to the team, you, you need to approach him. So no, Bradley Chubb does not affect him. Yes, it affects him because it puts him in a stronger negotiating position. So it just may affect how much you need to spend to pay uh, Von Miller, not if you approach him with a contract. Because the answer for that is yes, you you approach this guy uh, sooner rather than later and say, you know, everything. I mean, it, it's, it's an easy sale. Von, you love it here. We love you here. You're playing great. Let's pay you. Retire a Bronco. It's yeah. an easy sale. Um, it, it just may, it puts Von in a stronger negotiating position because he just became 
that much more valuable to what you're doing on an everyday uh, basis on defense. Yeah, nope, you're absolutely correct uh, with that. And, uh, you know, I've definitely been the, you need to start preparing for life after Von Miller. Um, but the way he's playing right now with Chubb's injuries, uh, pay the man. Um, keep him here in Denver. Uh, hasn't lost a step now. You signing him to a six-year contract? No. But if you can get him for a four-year contract, that's essentially a three-year the way it's structured. And, and front-loaded, possibly? Yeah. Yep, absolutely, Von. Let's keep you around. Um, you're still great. And, uh, you know, he's even with uh, how old he is and whatnot, and Bradley Chubb being younger, like, Von has always looked like a more impactful, you know, just a different tier edge rusher than Bradley Chubb because he has been, and he looks like that again this year. So. You no, know, you, you can be good, uh, and, and you can go to a couple Pro Bowls and do all those things and still not be Von Miller. You know, that's, that's, that's no kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's nothing against Bradley Chubb. Um, but you know, Vaughn Miller, you don't get those guys that often. Nope. You know, he's one of the best in the game and has been the one of the best in the game for a long time. They don't, they don't come around that often. So, you know, enjoy it and don't let him go play somewhere else. Yeah. And the way he's playing too, I mean, he's going to have a, uh, I'm going to have to show my, I guess my youth on this, but in my opinion, Champ Bailey's the best defensive player the Broncos have ever had. Um, first ballot Hall of Fame cornerback. I mean, just incredible. Wish he was on some better teams um, in his uh, career. He was on good teams, but like he would have gotten more recognition if he had, you know, a, a, another good cornerback across from him or a little better defense. Mike Shanahan wasn't doing the best during some of those days. Uh, but um, Von Miller is going to challenge Shane Bailey for the best defensive player in the Bronco in all time. And I'd like to keep him around, not just for sentimental reasons, but uh, because he is playing that good. And no, uh, you, you, you want to approach him and give him, you, you give a guy a one year team friendly contract to say, thank you. You give him a three to four year contract to say, we, we want you here. We want you to be a starting team. We want you to, for all the reasons we don't, we we don't have to go through all the reasons why it makes sense for Von Miller. Uh, Anybody watching the show knows what Von Miller means to this team. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know who means a lot to us? Michael Ronquillo coming Mm -hmm. in back to back with the stars here saying great show today on Broncos for breakfast, go Broncos. And then, uh, Maybe even another one here, uh, but I uh, wanted to flash it there. Thank you so much, Michael. Um, appreciate you. Thanks to Michael, uh, Peter, Nathan, and um, also we had a super chat from Malcolm Brown. So make sure you guys are getting those uh, stars and super chats in for your chance to win the uh, Justin Simmons jersey um, and keeping the lights on for Broncos for breakfast. Um, but uh, next shift, so we're talking about Malik Reed. Malik Reed is somebody who's uh, the Broncos happy to have undrafted free agent. He's going to be a restricted free agent this next year. How he plays will depend on what tag he gets. Obviously, Jonathan Cooper looked good in free agency, or excuse me, in preseason. Is he going to be a starter? Is he a rotational kind of guy? Either way, you want to have horses at the edge position. But the way this is lining up right now, and I've been kind of hinting at it, I guess not even hinting, but saying it to begin with, more so because of moving on from Vaughn, but maybe now it's more because of stacking your deck uh, with Chubb. Edge rusher might become my number one priority for the Broncos in the upcoming draft. Um I think right tackle and we have Malcolm saying right tackle should be a higher priority. That seems like it's possible as well. Malcolm, I'm not going to dis- dismiss that, but um, right tackle is a position that doesn't look as deep early on in the uh, 2022 draft as edge. And there are like five edge rushers right now, six edge rushers right now that I think are probably worth top 25 picks in the upcoming draft. Um, I am in love with uh, these. I'm, I love the versatile edge rushers, the guys who can do a little bit of inside and then reduce or play outside and then reduce down inside. It's like the 265 to 280 pound guys, those kind of monsters. And Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan has been phenomenal so far. Um, that's somebody you might want to keep your eye on as a Falcon. Uh, Scott, Aiden Hutchinson has been awesome. And also uh, George Karloftis at uh, Purdue. Those are two great guys. Zach Harrison at Ohio State's been fun. Drake Jackson at USC. So right now I'm leaning at edge rusher um, as the Broncos number one pick. A lot depends on Teddy Bridgewater, but edge is a position you got to keep your eye on. Well, and, and a couple factors there is you don't normally go that high. You don't normally draft a guy in the first round for him to play right tackle. Um, that could be a free agent type of move. Um, the, the money's been there. Uh, but going back to Malik Reed just a little bit, you know, Bradley yeah. Chubb's injury, th- this is going to have a huge effect on Malik Reed. Yeah. Uh, he had a good year last year uh, mm-hmm. when, when, when uh, the last time he played when, when with injuries, Reed had a good year. Now, if he doesn't back to back, he's only on eight hundred and fifty thousand right now, coming off of this contract. That's basically what you just spent to get Micah Raya. I forgot his name, Micah Riser. You know, from the practice squad, it's very similar money. So, if he goes out of there now, this is his chance. We talked about at the beginning of the season. You either have a veteran on a short term contract, or you know, rookies coming up, young players coming up. So you've got depth, veteran depth, and you've got 
uh, motivation for the veterans who are looking at the last years of their contract. And you've got young players who are coming up, who are pushing up, who are trying to get paid. Malik Reed is now firmly in that camp where he's like, man, this is my chance. I'm playing for my contract next year. Right yep. now I'm playing for it next year. I could go from 800000 to $8 million to make 10x. Yep. Then you've got a decision to make. Now, you've, now you're making a decision. And again, no, it doesn't affect Von Miller. Absolutely yep. affects what you do with Bradley Chubb and Malik Reed. Yeah, I agree with you. And we got Vinny Jace coming in saying, good morning, gentlemen. Pay Vaughn if Chubb is untradeable. He's not untradeable. It's just you don't trade him when his value is so low. Um, let him play out his contract and see how many games you get from him. Start molding his replacement. And yeah, I think I'm all about drafting value positions early because even if they hit as just like solid starters, you're getting good return on investment at a position that's hard to get and they're contract controlled, right? Like if you get a, I'd rather have a, solid like average starter at edge rusher and paying him a rookie contract versus like a just barely above average linebacker and using it in the same slot because it's much easier to find that linebacker in free agency later in the draft than that uh qual- average quality edge rusher um but uh we got malcolm coming in here what do you think scott uh, i want to hit on malcolm one because i like the question two because malcolm a big supporter of broncos for breakfast so yeah. uh both of those will will get you get you highlighted by me if i'm at the at the wheel uh, Malcolm says, why not draft the best right tackle? I know they aren't drafted high, but after years of blah, right tackle, it's time to invest. Um, it's a great point. And I think, let's see, what, give me a, give me a record. You guys can, you know, where, where are the, uh, where are the Broncos going to be drafting next year? We say 11 and six, 10 and seven, yep. we're going to twenties. Okay. At that point, unless you, you, you always try and draft knee, but you're also looking for best available player. When you hit it both is when the best available player also fits in need. What I don't want you to do is go out and try and reach for a right tackle that you could have gotten in the 30s or 40s to try when you when in, in the 20 in the 20s, teen, late teens, early 20s, mid 20s, when there's going to be better players available because the positions are deeper when you talk about edge rusher quarterback corner, whatever, whatever it happens to be. So if there's a right tackle, there's a tackle there that you really like and it fits a need. Great. Take him. He's one of the three or four best players. Absolutely. Take him, but don't reach for a guy in that spot just because you think that's where you fill a need. Because I think there are other ways to fill that need besides using a first round draft pick. If he's there, great. Absolutely. Take him. Yep. Uh, Tackle cornerback. Uh, edge rusher. Those are the ones that I'd be looking at right now. And like a best player available that fits your scheme and your culture at that spot. Great. Um, obviously that's in theory. Uh, you have to see what these individual players are and who's available when you're on the clock. Maybe it ends up being an interior defensive lineman. Maybe it ends up being a wide receiver with uh, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick set to be free agents, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe we're back on the quarterback conversation um, at that point too. Right now, Teddy's playing great, but he is only on one, uh, one year. So who and, knows? And, and, and Carolina is not going to pay him to play for you next year. No, you know, I mean, so you're you're looking at what he's on about two or three million. I think is is all all you're on the hook for. Yeah. That will at minimum quintuple uh, yeah. for a starting quarterback. That will go up to a minimum of ten to 15, twelve to fifteen. Yeah. So that'll be a big chunk, depending on what you decide to do. And if the roster still looks as good, you don't you're in, you find yourself in the same position. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it was like, I don't, I don't want a rookie quarterback coming in. You know, do I hand it off to Drew Locke for a year and let him keep the spot warm? But then you're basically saying we're not competing this year. We're, we're not, we're not going to compete this year. Um, which I don't think that is the situation you're going to be in. So, uh, when we talked about it before, um, we said what we've said this said this a few times. If Teddy wins his job, he probably won't be the quarterback. In fact, I probably said he won't be the quarterback in 2023. So you could still get your quarterback, but that doesn't mean that also means you're probably going to have to pay Teddy 12 to 15 next year to keep that spot warm because you should be competing and then hand it off a year later to to a, a rookie from 2022 in 2023. To me, that would be the best case scenario, but it's going to it's going to eat in your cap room because right now you're not paying quarterbacks anything, which is pretty weird. Yeah, there's a reality out there where uh, Teddy plays so good, but you want to see him prove it again that uh, Teddy's on the tag next year which is a, a big chunk for a quarterback, but uh, you know, you do have that in your back pocket. Now that means you don't have that negotiating power for like a Cortland Sutton, but um, still it's something that uh, you have the availability availability to do. Um, so it might happen. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I think edge is a position where right now I'd put it as the number one 
uh, most likely, but uh, you're, you might lose two cornerbacks next year. Corner could be really high as well. You're talking about tackle. So that's one also. Uh, we only got about 10 minutes left and we've talked a lot of Chubb and team building, which is God. That This is my favorite talking like how these players kind of match up and what you need to see from them and how that affects your draft strategy and team building. It's my favorite. Um, but we do want to talk a little bit of uh, Jets as well. And we got Peter Middleton coming in saying, if Teddy goes 5-0, and pay him early, don't you think? <sighs> Peter, I uh, you're obviously playing a dangerous game, and thank you for, so much for the stars um, when you are deciding to pay him or not. But I need to see more. I need to see, A, I need, you're talking about uh, wanting to see Bradley Chubb through multiple games. Teddy has a his injury history as well. I want to see Teddy get through the season healthy mm-hmm. also. And I want to see them get through the, the brunt of the schedule and he could be on a heater right now. I mean, we've seen plenty of quarterbacks have a hot five game streak and then they really regress back to the mean. Um, so I want to see the full season before I even approach Teddy Bridgewater as yeah, if, if, unfair as that is. My point is if Teddy's your quarterback next year, it's going to, it's going to cost you 10 to 15. Oh, you, you think know? I think 2025. 20, mm, I don't think so. We'll see. That's that's, yeah. What uh? Let's bring it. What what are they getting paid? Well, next time you you go off on on a monologue, I'm gonna look up what the what the highest guys are being paid right now. But I yeah. think that puts them in top five or six paid quarterbacks. And I don't think you have to pay. I don't think you'd have to pay them that much. Yeah, I mean, what is he? 28, 29 years old. Quarterbacks tend to peak at 31, 32 uh, historically. Yeah, but who, I mean, again, you're 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 negotiating against yourself at that point. If he's gone, who who do you have to? Who do you have to bid against to give him $25 million? Who else is going to be doing that? Uh, Washington, a football team is a team that comes to mind for me. Uh, Potentially the uh, Buccaneers, if Tom Brady retires, the Giants are a team that could be looking for a quarterback next year. Um, What happens with the Seahawks with Russell Wilson? That's an interesting uh, discussion to have. Uh, Steelers, Big Ben could be retiring here pretty soon. It will be a very good problem to have because if he plays his way into a $25 million contract, it's it's an AFC championship game at minimum. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) you're looking at the the average per year. Um, Of course, this isn't – there's a huge gap, man. What a crazy gap. So Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, all those guys are making just under – 30 million. Teddy Bridgewater is technically his average this year is 11.5. Obviously not all being paid by the Broncos, but um, so I'm thinking if he keeps playing this way, you're probably talking uh, 15 to 20. And if he, and if he keeps playing this way, then then you give him a multi-year deal. So (laughs) it's a a great problem to have. You know, I used to talk about coaches, you know, we're talking about coaches like, Oh, that guy sucks. And he's going to leave you first chance he gets anyway. Well, which is it? Does he suck or is he so good that he's going to get hired by a better team? You know, (laughs) so it's a it's a good problem to have. If Teddy Bridgewater plays his way into another big contract, you're pretty happy as a Denver Broncos for sure. Yeah. And uh, Earl, I see your comment here. It's a, it was a little long. I wanted to make sure my face could fit on here. Cause that's what the money maker <laughs> is, but um, <laughs> no, we got Earl. We're not skipping you. Also nice mustache there. Earl looks like at least in that, that uh, clip. Uh, good morning, Nick and Scott. How is Tim Patrick doing with Bradley Chubb out? Do you think the successful medical procedure that he will return as a top elite pass rusher? Or do you think he will be a medical bust for the Broncos? Uh, who will it be to step out at outside linebacker while Chubb is out? Jonathan Cooper, Baron Brown, and Malik Reed. Um, Tim Patrick, he has a hip injury. Um, he should be playing this week. Um, he might be limited. It might somewhat uh, hamper him on the field, but he's going to play. Um, is Bradley Chubb going to return as an elite pass rusher? We haven't seen Bradley Chubb as an elite pass rusher yet, so I'll go no. But I also don't think he is going to be a medical bust. I think he's going to come back, and he's going to be very good down the stretch. I think he's actually going to be like, oh, well, this is why we drafted in the top five. We got to see Von Miller and uh, Bradley Chubb, and uh, I think you're going to see both those guys uh, do some things, especially against some AFC uh, West divisional opponents that are going to make Broncos fans like, ah, that's Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. That's why we did that to begin with. Maybe I'm just trying to uh, make it uh, come to fruition by saying that, but, but fingers crossed on that one. Who will step up? Probably Malik Reed. Malik Reed's the first in line. Yeah, so. Malik Reed's the guy. Uh, we talked about him at the beginning of the show. Just saying, you know, he's he's playing for his contract now. He he could see his his pay go up 10x next year if if he goes out and has a big season. Now that he's got an opportunity, another opportunity to prove what he can do. You know, you get a general manager that starts looking at stats. You're like, I need a pass rush, eight to ten sacks, two years in a row. Ding! I want that guy. Um, and, you know, and, and then he'll, he'll get paid for it. So that to me, it's, it's not Vaughn. That is the question of where are you going to spend your money? Cause he's, you're going to spend your money there. 
But, you know, do you end up spending money on Malik Reed, letting him walk, or Bradley Chubb and letting him walk? And that's going to play out over the next 12, 13, 14 weeks. And it'll be a lot of fun to watch. And hopefully, again, you end up in a situation where they play them well. They, they, you can't afford to keep them because they played so well. Yeah. That, that'll be pretty good for the 2021 Broncos. Yep, absolutely. And uh, happy birthday to Tommy. Good to see you. In here. No, his uh, wife. Oh, his wife. Excuse me. Even more important. Gosh, that's, that's, sorry about that. Take that back. <laughs> Screw you, Tommy. Happy birthday to your wife. No, <laughs> thank you so much. Happy birthday to your wife, Tommy. 29 um, again? Yeah, every single year. 29, right? absolutely. Oh, man, I'm approaching that one quickly, unfortunately. The, uh, yeah, the I, I got to be careful who I'm talking to here. 29 sounds old to some uh, to some of y'all. That's uh, some of us. Um, but uh want to talk. Yeah, Tommy. Oh, it was his... Uh, facebook and then he says thanks guys over on his youtube oh um and yeah let's listen he's, to Mike he's like me double screen and hit those like buttons on both of them and shares man love it tommy that's the way to do it um double fisting right that's uh back in the uh <laughs> college days for that one um but <laughs> now i just do it with coffee and i drink right out of the french press oh there you go <laughs> one one espresso one latte that's the way to go um yeah, guys, uh, we want to keep talking a little Jets here. We don't have very much time left. Keys to the game, Scott. Uh, what are the keys to the game? Obviously, this Broncos team is favored, I think, by 10 and a half. This last I saw. Uh, mm-hmm. The Broncos are very injured, but Zach Wilson is playing like a rookie uh, who doesn't really see what's going on on the field right now. That Jets defense has a ways to go also. Uh, so what do you think? Keys to the game. Keys, keys to the game. I'm going to get cliche on this, and then I'll, I'll talk a little bit why. Uh, don't beat yourself. The, this mm-hmm. team's not good enough to beat you. The, the New York Jets are not good enough to beat you. Do not beat yourself. You don't have to overly gamble on defense. You can get after Zach Wilson with your front four, put seven in coverage, and and pick him off. He made awful, awful decisions last week. Uh, four of his interceptions, three of them were absolutely on him, and the one was pretty close because it was thrown high and behind. His receiver, it went off his hands, and that one was intercepted. So you will be able to get pressure on him with your front four. And frankly, giving him a little time to make a decision isn't a bad thing because his decision-making process this early in his career has been pretty poor. So don't gamble. It might not be the, the, the craziest pin your ears back and go after him fun type of defense, but you know, picking him off in the, in the uh, backfield with seven and coverage is pretty exciting too. And I think you're going to see more out of the running game. So the, 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 you're going to see the return of the Denver Broncos running game. We'll start talking about how the interior line looks so much better this week because this is probably the weakest front four that they faced in their first three games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, steady Teddy. You know, like I said, don't don't beat yourselves. This team's not good enough to beat you, especially at home. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, my key to the game is uh, doing better on first and second down. Broncos last week for two for 11 on third down, and a lot of that was because they were well behind the chains or just well behind schedule on third down. And when it's third seven plus uh, you're putting yourself in a bad situation to execute. Um, and the Broncos need to do better in that regard. Now they're great um, scoring points and executing, I guess on the big plays on first and second down, but you just need to keep yourself more on time and give yourself a chance on third down to keep those drives going. Uh, so even though they did uh, score points, they had won the time of possession by a lot against the Jags. You want to have put yourself in a much better position on third down. And guess what? When you're in third and two, that's when you can really kill some teams also. Cause like teams are like, okay, they're probably going to run or do a short pass just to execute that third down, hit them over the top of that play action. And that's when you can really do a knockout punch. So got to be better there. Well, in a player that y'all know very well. And I always said, what made Tim Tebow so great in college is because an and one was an automatic with, with mm. Tebow. If you got second and one, you got two free shots. Yep. You could go for it on fourth and one it was automatic third mm-hmm. and one. I can take a shot cause I can go for it again. And, and one was an automatic. And against this front, you, if you're in that situation, it might not be automatic, but you're certainly going to be better than two and eleven uh, yeah. than that th- you had against uh, Jacksonville last week. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with you 100% there. Uh, my other, my key matchup, I think for this match for this game, um, Broncos interior, but specifically Dalton Reisner versus Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams is probably the Jets best defensive player. Obviously they used the number three overall pick on him a couple years ago. Um, he looked really good against the Panthers. There was a play where uh, he beat his guard so quickly that uh, it looked like he thought it was a screen pass. Um, so he like backed up and like chased after <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he beat him so this can't be right. Um, and uh, he had a clean path to go pulverize Darnold. Didn't happen. Um, but uh, that's one that I'm thinking is uh, Quinn and Williams 
Dalton Reiser's going to have to play better. Um, he has been better in pass pro than run blocking, um, which I guess is I'd rather have that because I don't want my quarterback to get killed or strip sack or anything like that. But Reiser's going to have to play better in this. This is a Leonard Williams-esque level difficulty matchup for him with Quinn and Williams. So uh, looking out for that one, a little bit worried about uh, Reiser versus Quinn and Williams. All right, we need to send Dave. I think Dave was the first one to mention it. So, Somebody mentioned it earlier. Okay, so was it just Dave or did someone else mention it? Because we need to send him a Broncos for breakfast hat or something. Someone someone was the first. It, it is sharp, isn't it? I like the way the the blue and the, the, the highlights and the lights in the background. I'm like, that looks good. Thank you, Dave. Denver Broncos, beautiful stadium, beautiful place. Uh, when I was there, it absolutely just rained and snowed on us. But, um, yeah, big big issue there. And I also want to give a shout-out to DBA. Cardinals are on fire 11 in a row. Wearing my good luck, uh, 2013 postseason uh, sweatshirt here. Got a 2011 one. Uh, you're probably a, you're a big baseball fan, Scott. I was actually at that uh, game six in 2011 where uh, David Freese hit that walk-off home run. Um, oh, I probably, thought you were going to say, was that the one that had the uh... – if it was against the Braves, the one that the Cardinals, that the Braves fans remember the most against the Cardinals was the 250-foot infield fly. Oh, yes. I don't know if you remember that one. That yes. one got a little ugly. That was a, that was a one-game playoff, though. That, that was, was a, that was a play-in game yep. where, uh, you know, it was, it was – no, it's infield fly. It's like it, it landed on the warning track. What are you talking about? No, I'm exaggerating <laughs> a little bit. But, um, yes. Yep. No, absolutely. That that game, I was out there with my old man, and that was probably a love of my Broncos, but my probably my highest sports moment just because the absurdity of the Cardinals winning that game. But guys, um, and it's Malcolm, I'm old. Uh, to me, the San, the the San Diego Chargers are royal blue and and canary yellow. So, uh, so are the Rams for that matter. I don't I don't believe in the, in the powder blue. This is more like my Carolina blue high school color. There you go. Almost to that Tar Heel. I need a little bit of Cargyle in there, though. Um, but, yeah, guys, we're going to have to get out of here. Um, we appreciate the heck out of you guys for joining us today. This is obviously Broncos for Breakfast. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 7.30 Mountain Time. Um, so make sure you guys are getting in here on that time. You know, put it put it up on YouTube during your morning commute. Or I know some people message like, Nick, this may be weird, but we listen to you guys while we're showering. You know, whatever works. I don't <laughs> care. Um, that's that's fine. Just uh, I'm glad that it's not a two-way camera. I'm happy you're showering. Yeah, yeah. Hygiene is important. Um, but you know, we appreciate you guys for joining us today. Uh, you can find Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy and myself is at Nick Kendall, M H H join us on Facebook. Also guys, uh, or actually follow us on Twitter at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Um, that helps us a heck of a lot. And I know not everybody's in a position to donate or contribute to the shows. So, uh, you know, this is a cheap thing that you can do totally free by joining those Facebook groups or liking this video on YouTube right now or subscribing. Uh, all of that stuff is good. Uh, make sure you guys are joining Scott also at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, and I'm going to drop his, uh, his link right now to his page also. So are you in tomorrow? Are we going to talk some, some giants and Falcons tomorrow? I need to talk to my buddy and see what time he is getting in because I might need to pick him up from the airport. Um, but uh, I will get to you today about that. I'm not quite I'll sure. I'll probably yet. be there regardless. Uh, it helps having a workout buddy to get me going and, and yeah. having having uh, Nick here. Otherwise, I'm like, I don't want to go out and do that all by myself. But I'll probably be there. So 10 a.m. Eastern on uh, on my channel tomorrow to, to talk a little bit of uh, a little bit of Falcons and Giants. And then, you know, when I start seeing – Peter and Gary and DBA coming in and Jeremy, all those guys coming in. I'll I throw in some Broncos references for sure. Yeah, no, you got to. You're, you're becoming slowly becoming indoctrinated um, in the mile high huddle world. Uh, also want to give a shout out to everybody who uh, contributed to the show today, keeping the lights on for Broncos for breakfast, making sure that uh, we're getting three meals a day um, for as long as, you know, you guys are showing out. Uh, this will keep going. Uh, we got coffee. Yeah, uh, Shane came in and donated Michael multiple times today. Uh, Nathan, Peter, and uh, Malcolm. also Malcolm Brown. Yep, another one as well. So thank you guys so much for contributing today. Um, Gary like, was in there too, I believe. Gary also, yes. Um, so appreciate the heck out of you guys. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today, for contributing. And if you weren't able to contribute, that's totally fine. Thank you for joining in the community, the conversation and, um, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, make sure your kids are tuning in your wife. She's a big Bronco fan, you know, whatever, or your, uh, <clears throat> your Raider friend, your Raider friends, your chief's friends saying like, Hey, these guys are saying they're going to kick your ass. 
Scott and I will. <laughs> We're a little, no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, we'll see you guys uh, next Tuesday. Um, and uh, until then, you guys stay safe. Hopefully, it'll be the Broncos being three and zero and no injuries. God, that's just that's, that's oh, the Broncos came out of this game. They beat the Jets fifty to zero, and not only did nobody get hurt, Bradley Chubb miraculously was one hundred percent healthy after that win. Be nice. Be nice. No more injuries. I, I'd like to see. What do I want to see? Uh, I want to see an, a, a back-to-back performance from Cor- uh, from Cortland Sutton. Yep. I want to. I want to see him. You know, fully back because he's 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 really fun to watch. I want to see a KJ Hamler, multiple KJ Hamler big big plays. I want negative punt return yardage. Oh, there we go. That'd be a great one. <laughs> do I know you or what? I mean, do I know this group or what? That's that's what we want to see. We want to see we want to see KR PR zero or negative. Uh, that would be amazing. So, well, thanks guys for tuning in. Um, we'll see you next time. Until then, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.